If you want to bring your favorite music and your favorite sound with you on vacation, the Sonos Roam is perfect for you. The Roam is super durable and waterproof, so when I went down the shore to Asbury Park, I didn't have to worry about getting it wet or full of sand, and my clumsiness was suddenly not an issue. Experience the best sound anywhere, everywhere with Sonos Roam, the ultra-portable smart speaker for all your listening adventures. Visit Sonos.com to learn more and shop Roam in three new exclusive colors. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Double Elvis. There is an episode of a ghost hunting show out there somewhere in the streaming abyss. 
Paranormal detectives lurking like ghosts through rundown concert halls and a legendary hundred-year-old French-Italian-style convention complex. Spoiler alert, they never catch a ghost. And they totally miss the echoes upon echoes reverberating through the neglected live music temple. Echoes all the way from July 1966, the Rolling Stones, the Birds, Beach Boys, and Ray Charles. From August 1967, Herman's Hermits, the Four Seasons, the Doors, the Temptations. July 1968, James Brown, Jefferson Airplane, Glenn Campbell, and Ravi Shankar. The building and its memories are eroding ever so slowly into the sea. Maybe the echoes are all that is left. While outside, the city is pulsing with a new golden age of live music. The architect of its own resurrection. Music pouring out of every door. Almost willing, taunting. The crown jewel of the Jersey Shore back to life. And me, I just got tired of hanging in them dusty arcades, banging them pleasure machines, chasing the factory girls underneath the boardwalk, where they all promised to snap their jeans. And you know that tilt the world down on the South Beach track? I got on it last night and my shirt got caught. And it kept me spinning, babe. Don't think I ever got off. Sandy, the aurora is rising behind us. This pier lights our carnival life on the water, running, laughing beneath the boardwalk. Bruce Springsteen, 4th of July, Asbury Park. This tiny city was built to be a Methodist safe haven on North Jersey Shore, but something in the air begged to differ. Natural beauty and some relentless creative energy drew people to the area. When the Asbury Convention Complex went up in the 1930s, there was no turning back. It is made up of Convention Hall, a 3,000-seater facing the ocean, the Paramount Theater, a 1,600-seat room on the street end, and a grand arcade of shops and restaurants splitting it down the middle. The Grand Arcade is currently the only functioning space. Designed by the same team that brought you the Grand Central Terminal, the convention complex is a majestic landmark, a centerpiece of the shoreline, a crown jewel, and possibly the heart of this town's artistic legacy. John Philip Sousa, big band, jazz, Sinatra, and Tommy Dorsey in 1942. Never mind all the aforementioned acts through the musical renaissance of the 1960s. Parades, free concerts, and a never-ending carousel seemed to spring from its footprint down the shoreline. It was what you would call a vibrant scene. Enough for Led Zeppelin to skip Woodstock and instead play the convention hall in 1969. But accompanying the boom of American cultural success was the legacy of American injustice. Separated by train tracks from the beach side east, the west side of the tracks, home of people of color and lesser means, were not welcome unless it was in service to the party. On July 4th in 1970, it all boiled over in a full-blown riot. When the oppressed are responsible for building and maintaining the places others call castles, it is not long before the facade properly crumbles. The riots burned up the west side, though. Spots where black musicians thrived and built the sounds we all cherish today. Where the boss and Gary Talent snuck in to see Sam and Dave and absorb their skills. The tourists and the summer people left after the riots, putting an end to the party, an end to the pretending. Years of corruption and mismanagement followed. The small city was labeled an unsafe place, and most acts coming through parked their vans and buses as close to the stage door as possible. But today, right now, you will find it in the midst of a stunning resurrection. Sure, a portion of that can be attributed to its reputation as a music town. When it all goes to shit, the artists have a place they can afford. And discrimination struggles to find oxygen in music. We're looking for the song, the groove, the feel, and a good hang. It intrinsically judges what pours out of you. 
And from all that in Asbury Park sprung the E Street Band, an integrated ensemble to carry the crown of the scrappy bar band sound the city is known for. Mixing sounds from both sides of the tracks to create the first chapter in one of America's greatest songbooks. Cementing Asbury Park as a live music mecca. It's an hour from Philly, an hour from New York City. It's easy to get into town. It's still fighting old perceptions. There's always work to do in the band, in the song, in the town, in the country. But once you see it, and once you hear it, it's clear you cannot erase from the map a city that has given us. Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, Joe Grishecki, Bobby Bandiera, Gary U.S. Bonds, Jimmy Vivino, The Uniques, Nicole Atkins, David Sanchez, Billy Ray, Vinny Lopez, Gary Talent, Tangier's Blues Band and the Mighty King, Mickey Holiday, Leon Trent, Danny Federici, Clarence Clemens, Lisa Lowell, Bon Jovi, Patti Scalfa, Stephen Van Zant, and oh yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Asbury Park is a town you must pass through if you are an artist on the move. Rock and roll is alive and well here. The written song on a guitar or piano has an eternal home. There is a lust for that chemical reaction of atoms clashing on stage, amps on fire, and drums too loud. You are respected for ruthless swagger when you step into the spotlight. Asbury was boarded up after the riots, a place you did not go, lights out. It was nicknamed the Dark City, withering on the shore as its favorite sun began thundering down the road. Springsteen found his timeless sound in those ashes. Wading through them, taking the promise of rock and roll, song and poetry to the top of the mountain and the story of Asbury Park with him. Today it is thriving again, but still ghosts linger in the buildings forgotten and in the inequity that needs to be confronted. This is America. There is a lot for us to learn from both ends of this spectrum. I love being there. I love playing there and I love what it tells us about America and American music. So without further ado, for episode two, sound of our town, we are going to the Jersey Shore. Greetings from Asbury Park. Sound of Our Town is a podcast about the music that shaped the city you're touching down in. It is also about finding, hearing, and experiencing its best music happening right now. What sounds and places have shaped the city's culture and what new sounds continue to define it. It's about getting together in a room to listen and why that matters. So whether you are quickly dropping in or landing for a long stay, in each episode of Sound of Our Town, I'll introduce you to the real places and sonic stories echoing in a particular town so that your travel is enriched with music. My name is Will Daly. I'm an artist. I've been called a troubadour. I'm with you in the music halls, iconic venues, coffee shops, and outdoor festivals, venturing out into the world and into the night looking for that next stage to connect to and charge our souls. The convention hall, with its ornate clamshell and sun-bleached decor, is a slice of history. There's nothing like it on the eastern seaboard. It's grand, gorgeous, and looks like it's about to fall into the ocean. And how does Asbury Park thrive like never before despite the absence of this iconic structure? What happens to the soil when one of its brightest flowers is wilting? What has it taken to rebuild Asbury to the glory of today? The boardwalk is electric now. The streets are alive with sounds and bands spilling out of the clubs. But resurrection isn't simply a switch, otherwise the hall would be restored to its proper place upon the boardwalk. But the rest of Asbury is happening right now, waiting for you to get to town. You find your way into Asbury, and you start inhaling the sweet ocean air. And you realize it's a tiny city, 
and there's still so much to take in. So perhaps your first stop when you finally arrive is no stop at all. Perhaps you just keep walking. The city of Asbury Park is a mere 1.6 miles. The boardwalk beckons and art does not require a museum. Local and international artists alike have turned the city itself into a canvas, a kaleidoscope that is eternally a work in progress. Jen Hampton, resident muse and the founder and curator of the Parlor Gallery, started the Wooden Walls Project. Originally a DIY operation, painting on vacant buildings because there was no one around to say no. She convinced boardwalk developers to commission art from folks from Asbury to South Africa to enhance just about any available surface. If you remember, this was once named Dark City. It's an unexpected plot twist. It's a ghost being exercised. It's now a Technicolor Instagrammer's dream. You can check out local all-star artist Porkchop's work. He's got jaw-dropping large murals. Or Ann Lewis's 50-foot mural on the windows of the historic steam plant building. You are coming for the music, so let the art welcome you as you take in the town and get your bearings. And when your eyes cannot take any more of the beauty, sunshine, and stimulation, you can finish up your first stop at Langosta Lounge for a drink and a bite. Let your eyes adjust and possibly take in residencies and performances from local artists like Jackson Pine, Cranston Dean Band, and surprise sets from legends like Joe Grishecki. Sit at the bar with your first drink in town, and they also have great sushi. See the surfside out the back windows and the stage up front. A perfect visual bookend to your arrival. But brace yourself and pace yourself. You're just getting started. With each journey we take this season, we will be finding the listening rooms. But I bet our next stop will be the only time that the past 30 years or more of music history, everyone you've ever adored, is staring back at you while you listen. And we'll get there just after this. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, 
it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lingosta Lounge can turn into a listening room with the right performer. Tim McClune's Supper Club, formerly a Howard Johnson's with its view of the ocean, is built around listening. But it's transparent clinch gallery that is one of the most wonderful and unique live music spaces in America to see a performance. It's not the stage or the sound, though both are pristine. And though the shows are curated as if the artists are being welcomed to the family table, it's not just who's performing. It's that the last 30 years of popular music is attending the shows alongside you. Transparent Clinch Gallery was opened in 2016 to host the images captured by photographer Danny Clinch. Clinch has been a vital artistic presence of American music for the last 30 years. You've seen his images, Kanye, Grohl, Jay-Z, Her, Mavis, Dylan, and lots of Bruce. If you were listening to this podcast, you've probably seen images of Danny sitting in a harmonica with Springsteen, Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, and Willie Nelson to name just a few. A rare artist capturing artists for all time, but with a ripping musicality on harmonica that places him often on the stage with his subjects. Picture Jane Goodall making banana bread with the gorillas. Through the album covers, Grammys, and music films, Danny still sees through a lens of wonder and childlike excitement. And he carries that around with him in Asbury Park. You can't help but connect with that when you're around him, seeing his work or hearing him play. But perched on the ocean side of the Asbury Hotel, it's the gallery, a giant glass box that serves as a portal delivering a visual of the whole musical world directly into Asbury Park. When you walk into the gallery, you are greeted by timeless images of Andre 3000 looking right through you, Foo Fighters, Tupac, Cyndi Lauper, Radiohead with the Twin Towers behind them, Patti Smith clinging to a copy of Love Supreme like it holds the secrets to the universe. Well, well, yeah. And there are vinyl record bins. Every piece of furniture is curated and for sale. And the windows are adorned with transparent images. All this music in still life floating in the gallery's cerebellum. Your gaze has the first cut right through Stevie Nicks to see the lifeless convention hall across the way. Keith Richards mumbling under his breath. How come you're just sitting there? Your great stages are crumbling and I'm still alive. The eyebrows of Eddie Vedder raise as he's suspended in the air flying above a crowd. He would love to play there. Dylan with his feet up lowers the newspaper he's reading. 
shrugs his shoulders. He's been a regular at the convention hall over the years. Still, he'd love one more shot at it, even if he won't say it. Tom Waits laughs from atop an emerald green carousel dragon with a squirt gun in hand. He loves the rundown spot just the way it is. What's he building in there? And Bruce and the East Street Band in each other's arms. Should I fall behind? Wait for me. But how long do we wait, says little Stephen. The first time I rolled into Transparent Clinch Gallery to play, I was overwhelmed. Danny Clinch is there and that's enough. He has seen everybody. The intimate crowd that has collected is tucked in amongst vinyl bins and vintage decor. But I'm solo on its corner stage and every artist of the past 30, 40 years makes up every surface, staring right down at me. We dream of being with those that call us to this lifestyle, but hell, not all at once. Never mind in front of the person who has spent his life capturing all these images like Pokemon in his favorite Leica camera. After 30 minutes of my own songs, including a special guest harp appearance by Clinch, I felt compelled to address the audience on the wall, the gods of my religion glaring right through me. From somewhere in the recesses of my damaged mind, I pulled out what I have gathered along the way all these years. A crude blues cover of Sabotage by the Beastie Boys into a little bit of 99 Problems for Jay-Z. Hoist that rag for Tom Waits. It's all over now, baby blue for Bob. Learning to fly for Tom Petty. And for one night in Transparent Clinch Gallery, I felt like I belonged. And that's by design. Maria Clinch, Tina Krekis, and Zach Sandler, and many others make sure the gallery represents more than Danny's camera. It holds firm the promise of Asbury Park to the world. It is like the town that cradles it, one of the premier music stops in America. And at this point, I have to apologize because I sent you on a walk and into this visual and sonic wormhole of the gallery. You must be starving. I usually run across from the gallery onto the boardwalk and grab something from Pliable. I'm pretty sure they're a Jersey company. Um, It's just like a smoothie extravaganza place. And I just feel like when I'm by an ocean and I'm going to see or play a bunch of shows, that's the best fuel for me. Some people it's French fries and that's actually pretty good fuel too. But in this case, it's smoothies. There were once over 100 hotels and motels in Asbury Park, but only a few escaped demolition. One of the exceptions was the Berkeley Cabaret Hotel, now known as the Oceanfront. It opened in 1925, just a few years before the convention hall complex. And the two structures towered in tandem, a Victorian red brick king to the shoreline queen. And it closed and fell into decaying ruin status when tourism went on the lam in 1976. But this giant cruciform-shaped property was able to make a comeback. How is that? Well, where some saw a dilapidated hotel that was rumored to be haunted, a few keen investors saw an opportunity. One such investor was none other than Johnny Cash. I mean, would the man in black be intimidated by a city in the dark? In fact, he loved the place so much he and June bought a suite in the cabaret. Johnny and June famously did a sold-out two-night run at the Paramount Theater in 1985 just to celebrate the grand reopening of the cabaret. That storied night was yet another spark that helped light a greater flame of renewal for this down-on-its-luck town. The exterior still remains the same, and if you don't have a suite, there's no cover to get into the Bang Bang Bar with its modern kitsch and listen to some covers on acoustic guitar for a drink in the house. 
the cash saved. But the place to get your no cover on is right on the boardwalk. No door, its mouth opens to the shore. One step off the wooden planks and you are at a tiny bar. A can of beer or a simple tiki drink is in your hand. You don't have to pay a dime to get in and suddenly you're at a show. The band is on a respectable corner stage a few inches off the cement floor. Welcome to Asbury Yacht Club. Full band jamming out across the Atlantic. Don't let the name fool you. While it sounds like the kind of place you could get bounced for not wearing your Brooks Brothers, it's really a surf club. The owners were just being cheeky. It's part of the beach. I stumbled there one night post-show after hearing a silken harmonica tone echoing down the boardwalk like an apparition. A smoky blues band was playing. And who was on conga? Original E Street band member Richard Blackwell. This is just another night in Asbury Park. But you don't go to the home of the Asbury Jukes and the East Street Band to leave without getting your face melted. And let's say you have one or two nights to do that. And I don't want to quite take you to the Vatican of Asbury that you might be waiting for. We got a few worthy spots before we get there. The Saint is a room that is a necessity of any live music city. And I've enjoyed many shows there and left my stickers on the walls alongside every other band in the world. That's one. Two would be the Wonder Bar sitting squarely in between the gallery and the convention hall, and it has been there for all of it. Reflecting the undeniable fun of this town, its carnival artwork carries the echo of Boardwalk's past. But it's the corner stage and the modest size that makes it a place where you must be aware of the calendar on your visit so you don't miss sweaty evenings with Nicole Atkins, Willie Nile, or Jared Clemens in the late nights. However, you may find yourself drawn like a moth to a flame, toward the light of a giant glowing bowling pin, a sign that has surely been unstuck in time. It's the original sign that went up in the 1960s, painstakingly restored to its unpolished glory like the rest of the exterior. This spot went down like the rest of the town in the dark times of the 70s through the 90s. But its doors are open again, waiting for you. Is it some vintage punk rock bowling alley or a music venue or a diner? The answer is yes, resoundingly, on all accounts. Welcome to Asbury Lanes. It's still not just the perfect spot to get your bowling game on and your face melted watching acts like Japanese Breakfast, Hopalong, Dean Lewis, and even the Commodores, but it also stands attached to the Asbury Hotel and Transparent Clinch Gallery. Their combined forces setting their gaze upon the sleeping crown jewel on the shore as if to say, see, this is how you get it done. The lanes open in the 1960s and 50 years of life, love, strikes, and spares echo through it today. And just like the convention hall, paranormal investigators have been here multiple times when management observed a little too much post-last call weirdness. After some tumultuous years, it escaped a certain death and was renovated and reopened in 2018. Danny Clinch and his Tangiers Blues Band and Portugal the Man headlined the reopening. Word on the street was that perhaps the musical patron saint of Asbury Park might be a special guest and indeed, Bruce Springsteen taking a night off of Broadway hopped on stage and ripped through a high octane blues set. Again, these are the things that happen some nights in Asbury Park. Asbury Park is alive all year and aligning your calendar might be a necessity. Obviously, the summer is jam-packed with all the peoples and epic jams, but the off-season is sweeter for the music and events on the calendar that keep the boardwalk lit. 
My favorite is the Light of Day Festival that kicks off the new year and takes over all of Asbury Park. Started in 2000, Light of Day raises funds in the fight against Parkinson's and ALS by using every available space to host music in town. The weekend culminates with a who's who of the scene and wraps up with a historic jam at the Paramount Theater in the Convention Hall complex, but yeah, not in recent years, obviously. Sad face. It's the perfect weekend to take in all the town, plus it lists special guests like Springsteen, Lucinda Williams, Jacob Dylan, Alejandro Escovedo, and Southside Johnny. The concerts and the organization began as a party to celebrate the 40th birthday of music industry vet Bob Benjamin, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. It has grown since that first party that raised two grand to a worldwide musical family that has raised well over five million. Light of Day captures the past and present of Asbury. I build my calendar around it. And if there is anything that says Asbury Park is back as a music town, it is what happens in September when one of America's best music fests takes over the beach. See Here Now is two days of music, surfing, food, and all that art that welcomed you on your walk when you arrived. Another perfect way to take in the town as it welcomes the whole world of music. It celebrates art and it focuses on sustainability. It's no surprise that the team is led by Tim Donnelly, H.W. Woolman, Tim Sweetwood, and Danny Clinch. See Here Now is a dream gig for any artist. You're out there amongst the waves, 25, 30,000 people with you. 2002 features Stevie Nicks, Green Day, Gary Clark Jr., and Wet Leg, to name a few of the 25-plus acts, all on the beach, posting its footprint just outside convention complex, like it's knocking on the door with its sound and its spirit, just daring it back to life. All right, I'm sure you're listening and wondering why I haven't mentioned the Vatican of Asbury Park. That's because it belongs in this spot that we've reserved in Sound of Our Town for such special things. On the corner of 2nd and Ocean Ave lies a not particularly attractive building. It's got the basics, door, roof, slightly sticky floor, but this building is not like others. It has a legacy, a soul encoded into its walls. Its low-slung stage is a shimmering beacon that has launched a thousand garage bands. It sparked a worldwide grassroots revolution when a developer dared try and move it for some swanky condos. Some things must remain sacred. And this is a landmark of American music. We have reached the Stone Pony, the Vatican of Asbury Park. This is a title that could and maybe should belong to the convention complex, but while the lights were flickering on the boardwalk through the years, the fires of the pony stayed lit. What alchemy allowed this place to hang on by a thread? Mythy establishments like the pony have mortal beginnings. For example, a couple of guys open a bar. On a boardwalk, you don't want to be walking alone at night where all the other local joints are folding like a bad hand. But Jack and Butch buy a bar and make it a place that local musicians want to play. That's it. A welcoming place, true to the soil, a neighborhood bar where cats are allowed to work things out, covers and originals. Some of the local talent at the time, which is 1974, happens to be Southside Johnny and Steven Van Zant. They have a new band and the pony needs acts. The roof was caving in, so they took a chance and gave them a three time a week residency, praying that these kids would sell enough tickets to fix the ceiling. The first week, 50 people showed up, then 150 then 300, then 600. That was going viral. They fixed the roof. Steven Van Zant goes to join a new band with his buddy Bruce, who's also a regular in the audience and on the stage. He's got some records out, but he loves hanging here 
The Pony is the place where musicians all know each other, drink for free, plug in and rock out into a bleary-eyed morning. Born to Run is coming soon. Full of all the Asbury All-Stars and Bruce is about to go nuclear. The locals are watching their hometown hero transform into a bonafide rock star right before their eyes. People from all over start pouring into the pony hoping to catch a glimpse, take a swig of electricity and the magic in the air. The world at large is hearing about the stone pony now. Managers and promoters want to send their artists to the pony and its thirsty crowds. Soon, the sounds bouncing off the walls are coming from the heavy touring acts. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Elvis Costello, The Ramones, Cheap Trick, Blondie, Jimmy Cliff, and Joan Jett. This local bar, with the questionable roof, has now become a major destination on the road dog circuit. Of course, there are no straight lines here. There have been detours, changes of management, bankruptcy, a haunting rebranding as a dance club, but success is measured in survival, and it has been a constant battle. Inch by inch, year by year, folks have pleaded, pitched, protested, and evangelized to politicians, to the press, to developers, declaring that this place is a beating heart of a city. Hands off. And instead of moving the pony, the rising developments moved around the pony instead. The renaissance of Asbury Park is impossible to imagine without rock and roll, and this venue is a main character in this tale. Wednesday to Sunday, the music is on at the Pony. With big names and also local names, it still honors its homegrown talents. You never know when one of them will turn into the next Springsteen. And you also never know when you might catch the man himself slipping into the back of the bar. If you're a live act in America, You have to pass through the House of a Thousand Guitars to test your metal and to declare that you are the real deal. If you're a live music lover, there is a reason we call this the Vatican of Asbury Park. If you want that visceral feeling, if you want to break a sweat and raise the hair on the back of your neck, you gotta go to the Pony. And maybe you already have. And if so, I know you're going again. So one more thing for your calendar. We know the inside is legendary, but during the summer, outside of the pony turns into one of the best places to see live music on the shore, period. The energy cannot be contained to four walls. The Pony Summer Series runs from July through the fall and has an absolutely killer lineup in the books. You can catch acts like Phoebe Bridgers, Spoon, and Jason Isbell under the lights in the evening ocean breeze. Now, I'll always hype you to a hidden gem on each of our journeys. And Asbury kind of feels like a hidden gem of live music culture, but it's too big now for that. But it does have the Silver Ball Pinball Museum and Arcade. Depending on your point of view, it's a nostalgia seeker's paradise, a professional playground, or a wonderful and colorful new world. Plus, no quarters. You pay a day or a half day rate and smack those bumpers to your heart's desire. And rest your ears so you're ready for the night. Now getting ready for Asbury and having a little of the past to guide you through the future is a way to feel like a little bit of you already belongs there before you arrive. My recommendation, the books, movies that have brought me closer to Asbury starts on YouTube with Riot, Redemption, and Rock and Roll, featuring Springsteen and Van Zandt talking you from the past to the now. Some have suggested 4th of July Asbury Park, A History of the Promised Land by Daniel Wolf, but I think the purest gateway has to be the audiobook version of Born to Run, the autobiography as read by its author, Bruce Springsteen. The ghosts in his life end up as songs. When a burning passenger ship, the Morro Castle, beached just outside the convention hall in 1934, some of the bodies were placed on the floor of the hall as a temporary morgue 
Admission was even charged for those with morbid fascinations. And one more ghost story grabs onto Asbury Park. Truth be told, the ghost tours in town are a blast. But maybe ghosts are what we carry with us as a town, as a people, as a country. And our sins need the exorcism. There is a haunting when we don't address and repair injustice, when we don't invest in the arts, and when we don't have equal opportunity. Maybe the convention complex with its two legendary stages slowly falling into the ocean is a price that needs to be paid. But Asbury Park should be different. This whole town could have fallen into the ocean, remaining a place to avoid. But the LGBTQ plus community, when so much of the country is not safe and welcoming to them, found a canvas to build a life upon and in turn revitalized a city. Musicians who couldn't afford New York City rents found a playground to call home, instilling it with our greatest resource, art. Developers get a whiff of all that, and we find ourselves at Asbury Park today, where the Asbury Park Music Foundation is bringing music and education programs to the west side of town. Music Mondays features every flavor of the sonic spectrum the west side and the east side built itself upon. And all of Asbury shows up for these, and that might be the most perfect addition to your visit. And the boss used all of this to construct his indelible sound, and he poured it into these words in 2002. Now the sweet bells of mercy, drifting through the evening trees, young men on the corner scattered like leaves, the boarded up windows, the empty streets, while my brother is down on his knees, my city of ruin. We have beautiful legacies, and we have tragic legacies. One is there to help repair the other. It is a physical soundtrack to our progress and our road ahead. The night is filled with every type of music, everyone together finding the flow state, metal, rock, hip-hop, funk, blues, just existing like the ocean, full of life. And one last thing, don't forget to walk down to the beach and put your feet in the water. It's been there the whole time. Through venues come and gone, riots, generations fleeing, communities rebuilding, and for the rise and fall of every band passing through. The waves remember. The tides go out and they always come back in. So don't let your castles get washed away. It's a waste of time and we could be making music in them, both for the ghosts and the new life. When they harmonize, we have grace. We have Asbury Park. All right, you've been listening to Sound of Our Town. We're coming at you with 12 episodes this first season covering 10 different cities in all and new episodes drop on Thursdays. If you want to chat about the music scene in your city, hit us up on Instagram at Double Elvis and at Will Daily Official, or on Twitter at Double Elvis FM and at Will Daily. Sound of Our Town is a production of Double Elvis and iHeartRadio. The show is executive produced by Jake Brennan, Brady Sadler, and Carly Carioli for Double Elvis. Production assistant by Matt Tahaney and Matt Bowden. The show is created, written, hosted, and scored by me, Will Daly. Additional writing on this episode by Samantha Farrell. For sources, see the show notes. Special thank yous. Music for this episode was composed and performed by me, Will Daly. You can check out my music just by spelling my name correctly anywhere you listen to music. Just spell Daly with all the vowels, D-A-I-L-E-Y. I'm on Spotify, Apple, Bandcamp, and always at soundofourtownpod.com and willdaily.com. Okay, I'm off to the next town and the next show. I will see you out there. Thank you for your ears. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side side.